This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. One of the most underrated parts of a trip is that flight home. And that's why Delta Airlines tries to make you feel at home long before you even get there. Now, for somebody like me that's a homebody, feeling at home in the air is very valuable to me. And I love to curate that comfortable experience. And what I love about Delta is they have over a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. They have Wi-Fi so I can do anything else that I want to do on my devices. They have great food and drink, and it just creates a positive end to my trip. They have fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment, and they have premium food options and beverages like herbal teas, cold brew, sparkling wine, and more. All of the comforts that you'll find at home, you can find in a flight experience that feels made just for you. You may not be home yet, but Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit more like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. Robinhood is an investing platform that helps serious investors with their financial goals by giving them the tools to run their money on their terms so you can make power moves in your power suit, even if that power suit might be fuzzy slippers or an oversized sweatshirt. But hey, that's what makes you you. Run your money with Robinhood. Learn more on Robinhood.com slash podcasts. Stocks and ETFs offered by Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Crypto offered by Robinhood Crypto LLC. All investing involves risk. This episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast is brought to you by God is My CEO, a prayer journal for entrepreneurs. I am so excited about this journal because it is the first ever prayer journal specifically for entrepreneurs. God gave me this idea a little over a month ago for me to create this journal for business owners. And I am just amazed with the response that has gotten thus far, the people who've been able to pre-order it and download the the virtual digital version um, and get started with growing that relationship with God and allowing God to be the CEO of their business. This journal is amazing because it has a space for you to surrender your business to God. Uh, It has a space for you to write down your million dollar ideas that God is going to give you as you grow in your relationship with him. It has a place for you to write down your answered prayers so that you can constantly be reminded that if he did it once, he'll do it again. There's a page, there's a section called I feel, but I know. In that section, it allows you to navigate the difficult feelings and sometimes just the very personal feelings of being an entrepreneur and relate that to what the scripture says so that you can be encouraged in those not so sexy parts of entrepreneurship. There's also a section for sermon notes. So if you guys are like me and you watch a lot of sermons online or if you just attend church, there's a section for you to take notes in there as well. And then, of course, there are the journaling pages. So there's a morning and evening section for you to journal and spend time with God every single day. So I'm so excited about this journal. I've been getting such amazing responses from everyone who's pre-ordered already and been able to utilize the digital version. So make sure you go to www.blessedandbossedup.com so that you can pre-order yours today. Let's start the show. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up presented by Anchored Media an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. 
guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I am so excited about today's episode. I say that like every week, but I'm definitely excited about today's episode um, because of our guest. I'm sitting here with the lovely Nicole, uh, the owner of Print Beauty Studio, one of the premier beauty studios in DC. And it's funny because I was looking at like your Yelp page because when we start talking about just like your niche and stuff like that, I was going to just be like, you have like a, the perfect Yelp page <laughs> because I'm the person that goes to Yelp to try to find everything. So um, as I was like looking at your Yelp page, because I wanted it to include some of like the, the positive reviews and stuff in the show notes, I was like, she is really, really killing it. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to definitely talk to you. Last year when we started at the show I was doing interviews but I didn't like interviewing people I didn't know because I felt like they would give me their PR person in the interview as opposed to having real talk and I'm not the type of person that's going to ask like surface level questions I really want to like get into your mind so that was really really hard and so I was like I really have to just dig into people that I actually know that's really out here doing it and talk to them. So I'm excited to be here I'm at your beautiful you. studio. Like it's pink and black and white. Like it's so nice. <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely excited to talk to you. So um, we met through Raven, our mutual business coach. And I remember when we first met at one of the masterminds, you were like so sweet and humble and just like nice and you know first impressions you kind of feel people out and you would just I was like she she's really really humble for how successful she is like and I didn't expect you to be like you know a diva but you were just so sweet and so committed to just like get into the next level in your business and all of this I didn't expect the woman behind this beauty this beautiful studio to be so sweet so yeah, it was so nice to just meet you oh, and good. yes, good. great first impression, but just learning more about you and your business is what made me excited to interview you. So let's just hop right into it. There are a lot of people who listen to the show who are beauty bosses, I guess we can call them, right? Mm-hmm. They either do hair, makeup, something in the beauty industry. And they're looking to, they may have a, a aspiration to have a salon like this. They may have an aspiration to have a clientele like you have or have this perfect Yelp page of everybody singing <laughs> their phrases like you do. So I really want to ask you just a lot of in detail questions about how you were able to get to this point. Sure. Um, so let's just start with how you were able to get into the beauty industry. Um. So my start in the beauty industry really came from my desire to um, get into makeup, but also kind of earn a little bit of extra money on the side. I was a uh, government contractor Mm -hmm. for quite some time, and I wanted to just kind of earn some money on the side. Originally, I was a government civilian, so I wanted to retire from the government (laughs) like my mom did. as I did some research, I saw that if you become an esthetician, they'll teach you makeup and all this other fun stuff that will make me some more money. So <laughs> it all sounded really good. And in 2006, I obtained my license in aesthetics in D.C. and in Maryland. So that's kind of how I got my start. Mm-hmm. I started working in salons here and there, doing facials. Um, I worked from my home a few times. 
So, yeah, that's kind of how I got my start. So you were doing that, working at the salons and getting a license and things like that while you were still at your nine to five. Yep. So what was that like? Because it's, you make it sound so easy to be able to do those things. But what was that that like balancing the two? Um, when I first started, it wasn't too bad because I was just working on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I became more serious about it, mm-hmm. um, I was getting, of course, a little busier. And that meant that I had to devote a little bit more time. So I was leaving my nine to five or whatever. 7 or 4.30 or whatever it was mm-hmm. and then seeing clients right after until about 8 o'clock 8.30 gotcha. at night and then Saturdays and most Sundays dang so that's like literally 7 days a week yes. so how, how did you get through that a lot of people get tired out quick and all of that stuff like what was that how did you get to that point to do all of that um well, first, it was something that I loved, and I think that, mm-hmm. yes, I was tired. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did cut back Sundays so that I could just really devote that to rest and also spending time with God. Right. Um, but eventually, I just had to, um, I had to make a decision. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with the industry, so it wasn't about money so much for me. Well, of course, you have to sustain, you know, right. whatever your lifestyle is. But eventually, it wasn't about that for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that my government position, my government contracting position, this is something that I once loved doing. I was doing finance and budgeting. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was miserable. So I knew that something had to change. Mm-hmm. And that was the misery of the nine to five is what made you seek out something else in the yes. first place. Okay. Got you. Yeah. Got you. So, um, yeah, I don't know what the question was, <laughs> but did I get burnt out? Or yeah. Well, how did you just get, I mean, you created this schedule where you were working so much and a lot of people, one, they aren't really willing to dedicate that much time but also they don't even know where to start to get their time management on track so how did you manage your time in that season so I'm definitely um a planner so mm-hmm. I'm always the one with the the, the book um yeah. writing everything down mm-hmm. um in terms of booking my clients I always had an online booking system so it was mm-hmm. never um anything written down or where I was confused about who was coming and what time okay. they were coming so mm-hmm. Making sure that you had those tools in place mm-hmm. helped you as well. I think that in the beginning, there's definitely a level of sacrifice. I was extremely tired. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually I knew that, you know, that would pay off and it wouldn't always be like that. Was it always a goal to make the transition from nine to five to full time entrepreneur or? Always. No, okay. I don't think so. I think that I just kind of wanted to. Do a little bit of makeup on the side, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually, I said I wanted to be a celebrity makeup artist, mm-hmm. travel, and all of that. And that just was not what happened for me. And I don't even think not that I don't aspire to have celebrity clients. I mm-hmm. just don't. I don't want to be known as this celebrity whatever why not because it seems like that's that's it being a celebrity stylist the celebrity makeup artist why not I mean that's cool that's, <laughs> right. not, my that's yeah. not my goal so yeah. um 
I just think that there's a whole nother level of um, responsibility that comes with that. Mm-hmm. I also don't want to be, I want to travel for leisure, travel for work every now and then, but yeah. I don't want that to be my entire life. I'm hopping on a plane mm-hmm. to go meet somebody mm-hmm. to do work. When I travel, I want to go lay out on the beach. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. So it sounds like you wanted to build a, a business that you love, but yes. gave you the freedom to yes. live life on your own terms. terms. Yeah, and that's what you're doing. I remember I saw you on Instagram on a camel somewhere. Like, <laughs> where were you at? <laughs> I was like, I'm in the house. It's it's 20 degrees outside, and Nicole is out here on a camel in the desert. I know that's right. Um, okay, so was having like this this studio though. Was this always a part of the vision? Um, no. Mm-hmm. I think that as time went on, my vision changed. Right, you know, it evolved. Once I got my. Um, the suite that I was running mm-hmm. and, you know, my clientele grew. Eventually I knew, one, there's only so many hours in a day. Right. Um, which means there's only so much money I can make doing this same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that I also wanted to work with other people, mm-hmm. um, kind of be around the team. So me working in the suite, I was isolated. You right. know, I saw my clients all day. Right. And then I go home. Mm-hmm. But my interaction with other people aside from, you know, people that work down the hall from me mm-hmm. um, was limited. I also knew that there are a lot of, um, I wanted to help other people in the industry mm-hmm. who wanted to be a part of something. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where my the name for the studio came from. The original name was Print with an I. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I named this one, I wanted it to, people still to kind of know that it was me. Right. involved but also I took the eye out because there's no eye in prep and so oh. I want everybody that that is a part of this mm-hmm. to know that they're a part of a team mm-hmm. and not you know working alone mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. and so that's kind of what how this evolved that's good and it sounds like like you said the vision evolved over time as you got into it right um but I think the really key message in that is you had to get started for it to actually evolve to this point. Yes. And with a lot of people, though, fear is really that thing that keeps them from even getting started. Listen. So, <laughs> I mean, was fear something that you really had of to deal course, with? Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think that perfectionism is masked in fear. Mm-hmm. And I'm very much so... Every T has to be crossed, every mm-hmm. I has to be dotted. But I realized that that's about what other people will perceive or mm-hmm. what other people will think of you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just have to do it. Um, sometimes you may fail, mm-hmm. um, but you won't know if it's good or not unless you put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. In addition, one time I was reading um, a devotional and it said it, it was about fear, mm-hmm. but it basically said that fear has its place. We were giving God and God putting us fear to protect us from things that are going to harm us or mm-hmm. hurt us or kill us. Mm-hmm. Um, but not think not to be afraid of what people are going to say about us or mm-hmm. afraid that you know this business idea isn't going to work. Um, so 
now I try to, anytime I feel that, that spirit of fear kind of overtaking me, mm-hmm. I think this isn't going to kill me. Right. So just do it. Right. You know, so that's kind of how I approach things now. But there is definitely a huge, huge um, element of fear mm-hmm. making that transition from leaving my job to yeah. Particularly because I was making a decent salary. Mm-hmm. And so wondering, am I going to be... You in a six-figure position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So wondering, am I going to be able to sustain myself, right. my lifestyle? Right. Um, what's going to happen here? And so that's kind of where Raven came in because mm-hmm. I had to get out of this mindset that I couldn't do it. Okay. And so she kind of helped me with the whole mindset thing. Okay. And then helped me to develop a plan to replace that income. So where were you at in your business? This is a big question a lot of people ask mm-hmm. about when should I bring on a business coach? And I know for me, I hired Raven like literally in the beginning because I was like, I don't even need to start walking if I'm going to be making mistakes. I'd rather somebody just tell me the stove is hot and how not to burn myself mm-hmm. before even getting into it. So, um, but I know your story is different. So where were you at when you realized I need to bring on a coach? Um, I was... Working in the suite, obviously, mm-hmm. still at my nine to five, but I, this space was not even a thought at mm-hmm. that time. I wanted to teach makeup classes, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't know how to get all of these ideas that I had in my notebooks um, to make them make sense and make mm-hmm. them make money. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's where I was. Since C E N T S. So that's where I was. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think how far, how soon after. It took me a year from a year from hiring Raven to actually make the transition, but I can't remember. It may have been, um, I started in the beauty industry in 2006, and then I would say about 2013 is when I met Raven. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly didn't, I don't think that I realized I needed a coach, mm-hmm. um, but someone someone who knew Raven said, I have somebody you need to meet. Uh-huh. And so after I talked to Raven, of course, it was it was a no-brainer for me. So. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So then through that relationship is, I guess, when the ideas came on how to monetize yes. it and growing. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So I want to actually go back a little bit. Um, so you said that you were working at the nine to five. You had the, the salon suite. It's the, yes. It was a suite, right? Okay. And you had this clientele, but how did you go about building up that clientele in the very beginning? Um, it's funny because like I said, I used to let fear like just cripple me. Mm-hmm. I didn't even put my work on social media or anything. Um, mm-hmm. But I will attribute social media, Instagram, largely to mm-hmm. the growth. But that only came, I ended up taking a class with um, one of my, I look up to him immensely in the beauty industry, Damon Roberts. Mm-hmm. Um, he's out in LA and he had a brow class in Chicago. And I was like, I have to be there. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it's going to take. So I went and 
as I'm, you know, doing my model, he's basically encouraging me, telling me how good I am and how precise I am. And after that class, it kind of gave me the courage to start, okay, mm-hmm. maybe I am okay at this thing. And I started putting my work out there from there. Mm-hmm. People were finding me, people were telling their friends. And at this point, honestly, I was working from my house. Okay. And so, um, it got to a point where I could not have all these strangers in my house. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So I had to get the suite. Uh-huh. Um, and with the suite, I was able to accept more people. Mm-hmm. So it just kept going. Word of mouth and Instagram really were instrumental. That's um, awesome. Making sure that my clients wrote me reviews on Style C yeah. was really important as well. So. That's awesome. And I think um, last week we had a guest and he talked about word of mouth being the biggest thing for mm-hmm. him too. And I think that's something that a lot of us really underestimate because one, if you're excellent at what you do, like you say, you put your work out there and it just caught on because you were precise. You know, mm-hmm. you were really, really good and everybody wants their eyebrows to be on right. point. So <laughs> you were really, really good. And then of course, you had to have all these other things like the good customer service and all of that and then people started telling people so I think that's a a really a message that a lot of you guys listening should take is that never underestimate word of mouth because even for me whenever I have good experiences I always talk about them on the show like I don't tell nobody I got a podcast and I'm sitting in a chair I'm just talking about like I don't know whatever the topic is, but I don't let them know that I have a platform I can talk to you, talk about you on and send you people um, just because I want to have a genuine experience. And so I remember um, one girl who did my hair. I had such a great experience. I talked about her on the show and I see her doing hair of a lot of people that I know came from the show. And I remember I had an experience recently that wasn't so good with getting my hair done. And I'm not going to bash anybody on the show. So it was just like, dang, I really wanted to send some people your way or let word of mouth do what it do. But I can't because I didn't have a a great experience. But word of mouth is just such a big deal because again, you never know who people are. Somebody can come sit here, get their eyebrows done. And next thing you know, they posted on the Instagram, they got a hundred thousand followers and now print got a line outside the door and you had no idea. What I try to do, and you can't please everybody, and sometimes you do mess up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the nature of the service industry, and it's right. Um, and just learning as you go. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is that I, I definitely try to operate in excellence in everything that I do, and tell my staff they do the same. Mm-hmm. People are going to talk anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so you always want people to have good things to say about right. you. Right. So. Um, I, I hear all the time, unfortunately, about bad customer service experiences mm-hmm. in the beauty industry. And so um, I definitely don't want to be associated with that. So mm-hmm. that's just excellence is yeah. my motto. Mm-hmm. So. so what are some things then when you started the hiring process and you knew like, OK, I need to build a team? <laughs> What were some things that you really had to put in place to make sure that that excellence that you exemplify is universal? So, in all transparency, um, when I started the hiring process in the beginning, I overlooked a lot of stuff. I Mm -hmm. looked at the talent that people had Mm -hmm. and didn't necessarily look at whether they were a team player mm-hmm. or whether they um, just fit the vision overall. Mm-hmm. And so 
as time went on, I realized, okay, talent is important. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm also big on is training. So if you have a little bit, mm-hmm. I can work with you if everything else is in order. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just making sure that you have your hiring process mapped out mm-hmm. and don't overlook things mm-hmm. um, in that process. Being open to training people. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody is not going to do things the way that you do them. So yeah. just being open to you know, working with people in that area. Mm-hmm. So yes, but hiring is definitely <laughs> it's, it's a challenge, but I've also learned that I would rather hire slow than yeah. hire quickly and have to fire. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I totally get that. I was talking to um, the guy we interviewed last week. His name was Chris Daniel, and mm-hmm. he does this animal assessment. I met him in Charlotte at an Eric Thomas event, and he was one of the speakers. And he does this animal assessment that just helps. It helps build teams, of course, but it helps people really understand who they are using for animals, and then understanding the type of people. I'm gonna send it to you now. I'm talking yeah. about it and understand. And, um, the type of people they need to bring on to their team. Okay. And so when I took the assessment, I found out that I was a gorilla. So I'm like aggressive. <laughs> um, I'm very straightforward. I may not be the best uh, in building a whole team because I'm impatient sometimes, you know. So, but as getting to know myself, I was like, I don't think I want like a team of like staff because I don't think that I, I personally just don't think I can handle that. Like I would rather just have like one or two people to do the stuff I don't want to do and just do whatever. But for you, were there any things that you had to fix within yourself as a leader in order to build a successful team? Um, I'm definitely a little bit gorilla ish, um, <laughs> but I'm also very much one that, I would rather do it myself to make sure yeah. it's done right. Mm-hmm. So learning to relinquish that control mm-hmm. um, and trust other people. Mm-hmm. But in that, that means I have to hire the right people. Right. Um, so I think that everybody here is a good fit. I can trust them mm-hmm. to go on vacation and things still Mm-hmm. You know, be done properly while I'm away. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Awesome. Okay, so um, I want to talk about the niche a little bit. So you specialize in eyebrows, of course. And mm-hmm. a lot of people in, and you said you did makeup too at first. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people in the beauty industry, um, or a lot of people in business in general, they feel like niching down somehow takes away from their potential profits. So they feel like, oh, I can't just do brows. I need to do makeup. I need to do hair. I need to do all of these things. But you've kind of just picked this lane that you're excellent at and just dominated it. So how did you get to the point where you're like, I'm not doing makeup anymore. I'm going to stick with this. Well, I still dabble in makeup a bit. Um, Mm -hmm. We offer makeup services here, but I normally contract that out to a team. Mm -hmm. Um, Our... We do more of aesthetic services, but not skin. So the waxing, lashes, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Um, But I think that we're amazing at those things. Yeah. Um, Hair is not our thing. So I'm not going to... Yeah. You just have to figure out what what works for you. I think what 
how the niche works for us is that, like I said, we get amazing at that. Mm-hmm. And so you have to think about it like a doctor. I, mm-hmm. I always try to use this um, example. You're generalist. Okay, you go in there for anything. You might have a cold or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you have um, brain issues and nervous system, you want to go to see a neurologist. And guess right. what? His price point is going to be a little bit more high, higher because mm-hmm. he has this specialty. Mm-hmm. Um, and you trust him with this specific thing. Mm-hmm. So you don't mind paying him a little bit more than you pay your copay for your primary care physician. Mm-hmm. And so that's how you kind of have to look at it. You're not leaving anything on the table as long as you're setting your prices correctly. Right. Did you ever feel pressure, though, to include more things, uh, beauty? People ask me all the time. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. When are you going to do facials? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I mm-hmm. may from time to have some, time to time have somebody to pop up and do it. Right. But that's not... That's not what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so was that a conscious decision from you just sitting back and figuring out what print beauty was going to be? Were you like, okay, we're going to specialize in this so that our price point could be a certain type of way? Was that intentional? Um, I think a few factors went to that. Yes, that was mm-hmm. part of it. The other part of it was that over the years, I learned that I don't enjoy facials. Got it. Um they're kind of boring to me. <laughs> um, but I also feel like to carry the products is costly. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people, they want this instant gratification. Okay, mm-hmm. They want to see the results right away. And sometimes you're not going to see the results that you're looking for from a facial mm-hmm. right away. Mm-hmm. You got to go home and you got to do the work. Yeah. Um, that requires you to buy these products. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. That may not, um, that co- they may cost you a little bit. And mm-hmm. I felt like in the beginning that to have those products on the shelf was a little bit more costly than what I wanted mm-hmm. to invest in. And I still feel that way. I don't enjoy it. And I think that what I have by only offering these services mm-hmm. um, is what makes us special. Like, we're yeah. not everything to everybody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's a really, really important point for beauty professionals is just to really find out what it is that you enjoy mm-hmm. and stick with that and get mm-hmm. really, really good at it. Right. Yeah, that was a really good point. So, I do want to talk about pricing. You mentioned it a little bit. And I think this is a conversation that a lot of people. Well, a lot of entrepreneurs, when they talk about business, they don't talk about pricing. So then when somebody coming up wants to start a business, they struggle with pricing themselves accordingly. So I know for you and your industry, like you have to have stuff. First of all, you have a whole space like you got to keep the lights on here, but you have to have like products and things like that. So what did you do in the beginning to really establish like your profit margins? What it what um, how much it costs to operate your business, how much you're going to charge people like, how did that process go? Um, well, like I said, I'm, I have a numbers background anyway, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that kind of stuff is fun to me. Uh-huh. Um, but you have to start with your budget. Mm-hmm. Um, just what is it going to cost for rent? What is it going to cost if I buy these products and, you know, what if they don't sell? Yeah. Like, you have to consider those things. You also have to consider the cost of the service. Okay, mm-hmm. so how many how many services can you get out of a jar of wax? 
Mm-hmm. So that'll help you determine, okay, this is the cost of the individual service. Mm-hmm. And so if I want my profit margin to be 15 or 20 percent, then I need to charge this amount. Right. Um, so it's it's not like a one plus one is two type mm-hmm. thing. There's mm-hmm. definitely some math and some formula that goes into it. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's what people get scared of. It's also not looking at what the person down the street is charging. Right. Either you don't know what their expenses are. Mm-hmm. You don't know what their profit margin is. Nine times out of ten, they're not even making a profit because they haven't done that work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm, I'm always huge on knowing your numbers mm-hmm. um, and people kind of shy away for that. Well, no, I'm just going to give it all to my accountant. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, you should definitely have an accountant, but you should also know what's going on as well. Right. Because um, if that accountant decides they want to try you, right. you have no idea. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, so setting your prices, I mean, it's a, it's a number of factors. Mm-hmm. What's the cost of you actually perform this service? What's the cost of keeping the place running? Mm-hmm. Um, how many people do you have to service to make sure that you can keep the place running? Right. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of stuff goes yeah. into it. No, that's good, though, because a lot of people really don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody's like, okay, I could do hair, so I'm going to do it out of my house. And then they may progress to a salon suite. So they're like, okay, I'm going to pay this um, rent or booth rent or whatever every single month. But they don't really think about, like, or they may feel like they have to charge more or something mm-hmm. like that. But they don't think about, like, what am I taking home? What's mm-hmm. the cost? What's those numbers are things that people really don't think about. There's so many times people tell me, you know, I feel like I'm making money, but I don't know where it's going. Mm-hmm. But you're also not listening to me when I sit down and look at these numbers. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about this space, though. So you open up this this beautiful space in D.C., which is not a cheap place to even walk in. So, <laughs> and a lot of people really aspire to have a salon. And I feel like if you ask most beauty professionals, like, what's the big picture? They want to own a salon. Mm-hmm. What really goes into opening up a salon? Um, a whole lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> right. Talk about it. Listen. A lot of money. I had an amazing support system. So mm-hmm. I had people in here helping me paint mirrors and, you know, just mm-hmm. adding those little details. So I would say there's no shortage of sweat and mm-hmm. tears and and money. <laughs> <laughs> so how much, though? Like, how much money does it take to open one of these? Um... I would say for all of the construction we had to do, licensing, just all of that, I would say close to 45000 45, Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. And furnishing it, you know, everything. Yeah. All of the details. And so all of that, so did you go into like finding grants or anything like that? Or was it all just literally (laughs) savings and things like that? Savings. um, My best friend, when all my savings was gone, she was like, what do you need? I'll loan it to you. So she loaned me a little bit as well. Um, My husband gave me a little. So... Yeah, I saved up a lot of money, and mm-hmm. then when the construction was going on a lot longer than they said it was going to go on, mm-hmm. that meant 
I'm playing right here and I'm playing right over at my suite. So yeah. I need something to happen here. Mm-hmm. Um, so initially that's how things were funded. But I've um, recently applied for a grant. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to be able to do some other little nice things around yeah. here as well. But definitely grants, the way to go, get you a good grant writer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what about... Um, even stuff with like the city is it like a laborious paperwork process to be able to open up a brick and mortar business um yes and they charge you a lot for everything just mm-hmm. making sure that the tax paperwork is in order or your business licensing mm-hmm. your, they gotta do health inspections mm-hmm. um that all has to be in order so I think it's about it's a ton of offices you have to deal with. So, mm-hmm. yeah, D.C. is it's a bit much. I'm not sure how anywhere else is, but yeah. they, they definitely, I mean, and rightfully so, mm-hmm. but it's it's definitely a lot. So, what is that timeline, then? How long did it take to get this up? So, I think that it could happen. Um, Here's where I looked up. This is what I will say because mm-hmm. this was a hair salon before. Okay. It was already zoned okay. for beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, but if your situation is different, mm-hmm. you're going to have to get special zoning, make sure that they check it out mm-hmm. um, to make sure that it can be zoned for that. So I didn't have that issue. So then right. I would say a couple months. It didn't. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you talked about this stuff, though, because like I said, like it does not seem like a lot of people really talk about what it really takes. And I know that you're really cutting it short, too, (laughs) but a lot of people don't really talk about what it takes to to accomplish this. So mentally, what was that like for you in that time? (laughs) I know it had to be stressful. It was a whole lot of am I doing the right thing? Why the heck did I do this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, am I going to be able to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just stressful. But again, like, amazing support system. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So how did you, I guess, aside from the support system, like, how did you constantly reassure yourself, like, this is the right thing to do? Um. Well, definitely I talked to God about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I know that he didn't give me this vision to set me up to fail. Mm -hmm. And so that's constantly what you have to remind yourself of. Mm -hmm. that um, If you have listened to him, not made a move um, without his direction, Mm -hmm. then he's going to sustain you. So Mm -hmm. you just have to remember that. And anything that's made easy... Um, it's not going to be worth it, in mm-hmm. my opinion. It's anything that's going to be amazing, you definitely have to put some some sweat and some tears mm-hmm. and, you know, hard work behind it. Um, and then you can kind of look up and say, like, wow, it was all worth it. Yeah. yeah. Is that how you feel right now? Like, how does it feel to just walk into this place that you dreamt of and you see the print on the wall and the people coming in? Like, come on, I know that has to feel good. It does, but I think that sometimes I have to, like, really take a step back and Mm -hmm. be like, like, this isn't something small that you've accomplished. Yeah. And I really 
don't that's what I said. That's what I meant I by like know. being so humble. I'm like, does she know that she got this, this store that, or this, this salon that everybody loves? I don't really like take the time a lot to celebrate myself. So I'm working on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you're even yeah. shrinking as you're saying it. Like, come on, Nicole. Like, look around. Okay. Look around. This is $50,000 blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. A lot of struggling, taking that leap of faith from that nine to five, that six figure salary to put okay. this up. Like, come on. Okay. okay. <laughs> and you ain't gonna tell yourself, I'm gonna tell you, because this okay. is not like normal at all. So have you have you gotten to the point now where you've been able to like take yourself away from the chair? Um working on that. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> training some new folks. Mm-hmm. So Definitely my goal next year is to reduce my time behind the chair a little bit so mm-hmm. I can focus on, um, yeah, just kind of running things a bit more, but mm-hmm. also giving other people opportunities. Yeah. Um, so I know that y'all like me and all, but y'all want <laughs> to get with it, okay? Uh huh. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, like I said, I want other to see other people be able to do what I've done. So mm-hmm. really focusing on my um, business consulting mm-hmm. is going to be really a big thing for me. So tell us about that. You helping these uh, beauty bosses get their stuff together? Talk yes. about it. So I've, over the years, I've also coached people um, mm-hmm. in their businesses as well. Most of them were in suites um, mm-hmm. or smaller settings. So I'm working with some folks in the near future to help them mm-hmm. open their own spaces as well. That's awesome. So what are some of the mistakes, though, that you see people at that level make? Um. I think that kind of touched on them before, not knowing your numbers, that's mm-hmm. huge. And also just hiring people just to yeah. have, you know, butts in their share and think mm-hmm. that that's going to bring you the money. But mm-hmm. ultimately, um, that's not what matters in building a team. Mm-hmm. Just because you have somebody sitting there doesn't mean it's going to, um, they're going to bring the right people. Yeah. Um, or even bring the right vibe to your environment. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then you also have like some, I don't know the right word for it. I guess some extensions to the print brand with the print brides and good brow day. Tell us about those. All right, so print brides. Actually, we have a a, um, bridal showcase coming up on May 20th. So the idea is to kind of relieve some of the stress and calm some of the the cold feet that go mm-hmm. into the planning process. Mm-hmm. So we have partnered with some other beauty professionals mm-hmm. um, that we've worked with that are amazing mm-hmm. to build print brides. And so we create this beautiful experience for our brides. So we create customized packages based on your individual needs, whether you're going on honeymoon, whether you're having a bridal shower, bachelorette party, mm-hmm. um, Whatever it is that we you need, we create a custom beauty package. So it may include makeup. It may, it may include waxing or brows. Um, mm-hmm. Skin is also important. So we partner with somebody who actually does skin. Yeah, right. Um, um, <laughs> Hairstylists as well mm-hmm. to make that the beauty aspect. So you're not hunting to find all of these yeah. professionals. Um, so we're Fashion. making that that aspect easier. When is it? 
look at put this on my calendar. <laughs> Y'all do 20. destination rides? <laughs> do. Okay. We do. And then so May twentieth, in addition to us showcasing our work, mm-hmm. we're partnering with um bridal designers, dress uh-huh. designers, mm-hmm. um, event planners. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so just all of your vendors and then some that are kind of specialty as well, so you can add those special touches to your wedding. Got you. Okay, what about Good Brow Day? So, Good Brow Day was created because social media has kind of made the beauty industry this thing that everybody wants to be a part of. Mm -hmm. So much so that people are not obtaining the proper licensure. Mm -hmm. And in turn, people are getting injured, they're getting Mm -hmm. infections and disease. And so, because the brows are my specialty and something that I'm passionate about, um, my focus was to create this community of reputable artists, mm-hmm. um, educate the consumer about the risk of seeing the unlicensed, untrained, and unsanitary people. <laughs> Talk um, about it. <laughs> yeah. And so just create this pl- platform of education and community so mm-hmm. the, the artists can not only share our best practices with each other, but there's also a directory. So if you're in Chicago, yeah. you can find somebody that you trust mm-hmm. um, that not only will, you know, the proper practice, practice proper sanitation, mm-hmm. but also, you know, they're going to give you an amazing crowd. Got you. Okay. So I do have a um, couple business questions, but before we get to that, I do want to talk about faith for a little bit. I know you talked about um, your faith in God so far, but have you always had that relationship with um, God? So this is what I say. I grew up in church. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always had a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think naturally that has kind of just shifted over yeah. the years. Um, it's grew stronger at some points and at other points it's been kind of, you know, a secondary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say in the past few years, my def- my relationship has definitely grown. Mm-hmm. Definitely taking time out to talk to him more. Yeah. There was a point, particularly because I'm I'm just a busybody. Like mm-hmm. I have this to do this, and I need everything to be checked on this list. Mm-hmm. And so there were times where I would be like, "Oh, I'm gonna do this first, and then I'm gonna come back and have my quiet time with God." Mm-hmm. Um, but I realized in doing that. Your day just is not even, you're not even starting your day right. And right. you don't even know how to approach the challenges that you may face because you haven't even spent that that time with him. Mm-hmm. So as I've grown as a Christian and in my relationship with God, um, starting, starting my day with him has become the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Even if it's, um, I'm, I'm thankful to Tiffany, Gillespie because she created the um, Mornings with God. It's like 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in, So every day there's a scripture that mm-hmm. kind of um, a devotional or affirmation that forces you to kind of spend a few minutes with him. Right. And right. so from there, I'll meditate on his word and spend a little bit more time. And so from there, that was kind of like um, I need to check myself and that was like my baby step. Mm-hmm to really, really focus in on the time that I spend with him. And so mm-hmm. it's just, it's been growing. Um, definitely making sure that I have resources like 
like your journal has been mm-hmm. instrumental as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm not just spending that time in the morning. I'm also writing in the journal in the evening. Mm-hmm. So that forces me to spend time with him as well. But I also take time throughout the day and just sit. Because sometimes, yeah. like, it's like a conversation. You don't, in a conversation with somebody, you don't just come and say what you got to say and then leave. Mm-hmm. The same thing is with with God. You got to talk to him mm-hmm. and then sit there and listen to what he has to say back to you. Yeah. So yeah. I think that a lot of times we pray and have this long list of things we want God to do for us and mm-hmm. all of that, but we never sit there and listen, okay, God, this is what I want you to do, but is this what you want for yeah. me? Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. no, I'm totally with you. Like that's the story of my life <laughs> at this point. It's just doing whatever God tells mm-hmm. me to do because I mean now just the way everything for me is shifting. Mm-hmm. It's it's bright. The future is bright. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I'm right on the cusp of something amazing, but it's all really just come from listening to God. Like, well, what do you want me to do? And literally not doing anything mm-hmm. until He tells me what to do. Even with that journal, did not even want to do that. But that being an instruction, so I'm like, all right, I'm just going to do it. Whatever. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but just seeing so many people, how much they use it and they like it, I'm like. Wow, I had no idea. So, yeah, that's amazing. So how have things been, though, from well, what I guess what has the difference been for you as a day to day from prior to spending mornings with God to now? Um, I definitely think that I, my discernment is much mm-hmm. <laughs> is heightened. Mm-hmm. Um, I can my days run smoother and I'm, yeah. I, I know that sounds cliche but I mean it just changes your whole attitude mm-hmm. um, yeah and the I know that before I got like real tight with God mm-hmm. like things were going cool but mm-hmm. um, what he has for me yeah, I already know like somebody told me like you're supposed to have like 10 locations. <laughs> and I'm just looking at him like, but he he also told me God wants more from you. He's yeah. not going to give it to you mm-hmm. unless you give him what he needs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to receive that. I don't know when. But, um, <laughs> yeah. I just know that I have to continue to do what, do what God has for me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, to see any of that. And I think that also the success of Prince so far has been because I I have been in a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't make your relationship with him secondary. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay, so I got a couple of business questions before okay. we wrap up. So I was trying to put myself in the shoes of an up-and-coming mm-hmm. beauty professional. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first question is, how did you go about building the brand? Because that's normally, it's the first step a lot of people take because it's the most fun building like, you know, the website and the Mm -hmm. logo, the colors and all of that stuff. But how did you go about in the beginning, especially being that numbers person and understanding the importance of that, building a brand that's going to actually be profitable and not just cute on the brand? (laughs) Um, First, I think that you have to figure out who it is that you're trying to target. Mm-hmm. Um, so not just saying I want to target women um, 
just really digging deep to figure out. Mm-hmm. Okay. My girl, her name is Jenny. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's 32 years old. This is what she does for a living. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that can also give you an idea of, okay, this person, what are their pain points? What it is this? What is it that they're looking for? What kind of experience are they looking for? They work a nine to five, but they also, uh, they also are pursuing part-time entrepreneurship. So guess what? When they, they want to come to a place that doesn't have children, they want to be able yeah. to kind of kick back and relax, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but still be able to chit-chat with the people there like they're their girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that really mapping out who your ideal client is mm-hmm. down to the nitty-gritty is really, really important in building um, the brand that you want. Um, colors, I love, like, how clean the white is. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I also wanted to add that element of fun. So that's why you have what I call print blue mm-hmm. and the pinks, you know, the pops of color there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's how it started. I, kn- I also know what I like. I know what mm-hmm. I like to experience. Mm-hmm. And so I added those elements as well. Mm-hmm. Making sure that I showed someone that knew what they were doing in terms of uh, (laughs) creating the graphics and the Mm -hmm. website. I've done my websites in the past and they were like, okay, so I'm not knocking anybody that can do that. Mm -hmm. But I knew that for the level that I wanted, um, print to represent, I needed to seek somebody that um, could convey that for me online. Mm Mm-hmm. Creating the brand, um, you definitely have to have an online presence. Mm-hmm. And recently, I think with my Instagram page, I realized that I didn't want to just show a whole bunch of brows anymore. I mm-hmm. wanted it to look a little bit cleaner, a little bit more corporate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... What made you decide that? Um because I like things to be clean, but I also wanted to present well to whoever I may partner with. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I'm kind of glad that Instagram does the highlights name. So yeah. can, I can still show you guys the work that we're doing here, mm-hmm. amazing lashes and all of that. But someone else who may be a corporate, a potential corporate partnership or something will have another view of it. Right. Yeah. So is is corporate like another revenue stream? How would it? A... Yeah, we work. We working on something. Okay. Just like, you know. Hmm. Yeah, I think multiple streams is important. So yeah, but that's good to know though, because mm-hmm. a lot of people think they need to just be behind a chair in order to make money. But you figured out ways to diversify yes. that income and corporate will give you a much bigger check yes. <laughs> than Susan that's sitting yes. in that chair. Yes, that's awesome. Okay, so as far as marketing goes, we talked about how word of mouth is a big platform or it's just the number one marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. Period. Are there any ways that you? Um, you would give beauty professionals advice to facilitate that word of mouth, whether it be a referral program or something like that? Certainly a referral program. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are a lot of people that do referral programs, Mm -hmm. but I don't think that they have to make sense. First Mm -hmm. of all, Um, they have to, people are going to talk and some people are going to be lazy. Like I have a lot of clients. I don't want people to know, that I go to you because then I won't be able to get an appointment. Mm-hmm. However, you have to make the offer a little bit more enticing to them. 
but make it something that you can afford as well. Like so what? our referral program is 20 for 20. So anyone that refers someone, once the, the person they refer checks out, they'll get an email saying they have $20 on their account. Oh, cool. Okay. When the person that they refer comes back for their second visit, they can't redeem it on their first visit. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll also get $20. Awesome. So that's worthwhile to people. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can also afford to do that. Everybody's not going to be able to afford to offer people $20 for mm-hmm. referring everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to look at things like that, but making sure that it's in- and try things out. You yeah. Know? Ask people to refer people. <laughs> yeah. You know, nobody knows that you have a referral program. Mm-hmm. They might just be like, do 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 I like where I go to get my brows done, and that's, you know, that's it. Mm-hmm. I might shout you out on Yelp, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not really, I'm not going to send anybody because I haven't mm-hmm. let you know that I have this program. Right. Yeah. Got it. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Okay, this is a super random question. <laughs> okay, but I think it's relevant. Okay. So, what do you think you wasted the most money on in the beginning? It's just not that random. It sounded random in my head. Wasted. Or what do you see other people wasting a lot of money on? <laughs> That's a good question. Um. The latest thing, mm, like and trendy, yeah, mm-hmm. you don't have to buy everything just because it's the newest thing out. Mm-hmm. I think that you can use what works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if you find something that works for you, then continue to use it. If your clients love it, continue to use it. And then once you build up enough money to try the latest thing, mm-hmm. then you can can do that. But I think that um, a lot of money is wasted, particularly. And makeup, man. I used to buy so much makeup because <laughs> so and so said that I needed to have mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but this industry is always tra- changing. So definitely, I think you want to be on trend, mm-hmm. but be careful about how trendy you are. I think. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that goes back to to knowing your numbers yeah. and knowing your industry. For sure. So you know that everybody like uh, back in the day when everybody had them super skinny eyebrows <laughs> and all of that, yeah. and it's just evolved now to everybody's brows looking a little bit more natural, a lot more natural. Um, if you were to, I guess, pay attention to the industry in that sense, or be as much in the industry as you are behind the chair, you'll be able to kind of determine like, okay, that's going to be played out in about six months or, you know, got you. Okay. So my last question is, it might not be my last, but what were some of the mistakes, your biggest mistakes? Mm. (laughs) Um, the hiring thing, I would Mm -hmm. say that's my number one. Mm Mm-hmm. Mistake is not hiring the right people. I mean, you're not gonna get it right 100 percent of the time, mm-hmm. but I think that um, just hiring the right people. Mm-hmm. But in that, you have to have a system. So, what does your hiring process look like? Right. Um, in the beginning, I had my process was sending your resume. We do one interview. 
I see you do a little bit of work and that's it, but it's much mm-hmm. more extensive now. Mm-hmm. And also that helps to kind of weed people out. If you're not willing to go through the whole process, then yeah. you're not willing to work it. Mm-hmm. Then we don't want you. <laughs> so, got you. Okay. So what would be just one word of advice that you would give um, aspiring beauty professionals? Um, definitely education is paramount mm-hmm. but in that education make sure that you're practicing your craft um, so that you can be great mm-hmm. and also figure out I know you said one thing but <laughs> um, mm-hmm. figure out what's going to make you stand out yeah the beauty is it's so many people in this beauty industry and more people are joining every day mm-hmm. so what's going to make you different mm-hmm. um, than a person down the street and how did you go about doing that in the beginning was it the focusing on the eyebrows piece or was it something else um, I think that my the how precise I was helped me stand out but also mm-hmm. the experience that we offer here gotcha um the front desk is key. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of the Yelp reviews say, yeah. just how much they enjoy as soon as they walk into the door, before they even get to the chair. Yeah, we know your name. Mm-hmm. Um, we know small things about you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. people appreciate that. So mm-hmm. making sure that that experience is on point. And a lot of times, and this is not at all to say um, that you should not again practice excellence in your craft Mm -hmm. but a lot of times you can be trash but if you treat people like amazing Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. um, they'll keep coming back Mm -hmm. so we like to do both we like to (laughs) bomb bomb in what we do and then treat you treat you great too that's awesome okay thank you no this was like literally a really really great interview because like I told you before we started like a lot of people don't get as vulnerable and tell you like look this took a lot of money Mm -hmm. I had to have people help me out like this took a lot in order Mm -hmm. to get this up but a lot of people aren't really that transparent and so that's why I'm happy you were that transparent I know you're still getting used to the interviews and stuff (laughs) (laughs) but I'm happy that you are so transparent and that you do have this coaching program so tell people how they can learn more about that coaching program So I'm really excited to work with um, current beauty professionals who are kind of stuck in their businesses, Mm -hmm. but also those aspiring to open their own salons. Mm -hmm. And if you want more information about the programs I have to offer, you can send me an email at info at NicoleAlexis.net. Got it. And I'm going to put that in the show notes, too. So okay. people ain't got no excuses. They right. know how to reach out. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much, Nicole. I really appreciate you. Yes, opening yeah. up the space early. I feel like yeah. VIP. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much. And I will talk to you guys next week. Oh, I hate turkey hunting. I'm freezing. Me too. It feels like 25 below. 25? Did you know you can get up to 25% off grocery store prices at BJ's Wholesale Club? Up to 25% off? BJ sounds perfect for Thanksgiving shopping. They have really good turkey prices too. Then what are we freezing our bleeps off out here for? Let's go to BJ's.